among so many. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Amen. As you make your way to your seat, wherever you are, I want to lift verse 11 again. Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks. Amen. I want to preach Watch Chapel, friends of Watch Chapel, wherever you are. Thank God for what you have. I was praying over this sermon early this morning and late last night, and if that doesn't resonate with you, you can call it what happens when you give thanks to God. So either be thankful for what you have or what happens when you give God thanks. Lord, bless your word. Bless your preacher. Let your word go forth with clarity. Use your word to encourage Use your word to draw somebody who doesn't know you as their savior. Use your word, God, to compel somebody who needs a church family to unite with this family. Use your word to encourage obedience to what you are calling us to do and who you're calling us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. If you know about the life and ministry of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, then you are acquainted and familiar with the adjectives and attributes that describe his life, personality, and ministry. If you know about Jesus Christ, then you know Jesus Christ was both compassionate and courageous. If you know about Jesus Christ, then you know Jesus Christ was both holy and humble. If you know about Jesus, then you know Jesus was both faithful and forgiving. Jesus was virtuous and victorious. Jesus was patient and prayerful. Jesus was both loving and liberating. If you know about Jesus, then you understand, comprehend, and I dare say can articulate the adjectives and attributes that described his life, ministry, and personality. According to this familiar New Testament narrative, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, is demonstrating another underrated and ellipsed aspect of his life, ministry, and personality. We know Jesus as a miracle worker, but as Jesus prepares to perform this miracle of feeding not just the 5,000, because if you read closely, church, 
It says 5,000 men, not including women and children. I dare say the estimate rivals about 15,000. If every man has a woman on his arm and every person, amen, has children, this is not just the feeding of the 5,000, but this is the feeding of approximately 15 to 20,000, including men, 5,000, women, and children. Help me preach this word. And Jesus, as he prepares to perform this mighty miracle, is demonstrating appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving to Almighty God. Jesus' expression of appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving to God is significant because of the circumstance of his appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving. Jesus is not on the mountaintop, nor is Jesus celebrating a victory. But Jesus is in the midst of a potential crisis. There are approximately 15 to 20,000 people who are hungry. They have heard of his reputation. They've heard about how he can heal the sick, raise the dead, turn around and reroute funeral processions. Now, having followed him to this desert place, rather this wilderness place where there's grass, they are hungry not just for a miracle, but they are hungry for physical food. And while they are in the midst of a potential crisis, the disciples of Jesus are not terribly helpful, nor are they willing to engage in the ability to solve problems. Jesus raises the question to Philip, who is from this territory, where are some resources. Where's the nearest Harris Teeter? Where's Food Lion? Where is Piggly Wiggly? To feed this great number of people. Philip says, if I took my check, amen, nine months of my wages, it wouldn't be enough for everybody just to have a morsel of food to eat. Andrew, one of the underrated disciples, one of the unsung heroes of church history in the New Testament, notices there's a little boy who has a lunch not of five loaves of bread, but five pieces of bread, not trout, amen somebody, not tilapia like you eat at bonefish or cheesecake factory, but more than likely sardines. Five pieces of bread, two small fish, and Andrew says, well, there's a little boy who has a lunch that will satisfy him, but what is such a little lunch going to do for these approximate 15 to 20,000 people? And while they are in the midst of a crisis, Jesus does that which is radical and counterintuitive. Right. Jesus takes the little boy's lunch 
and begins to demonstrate appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving to God for this little boy's lunch. Five pieces of bread and two small fish, yet Jesus is appreciative, grateful, and thankful for what he has. Little boy doesn't have a porterhouse steak. Little boy doesn't have a Cornish hen. Little boy doesn't have turkey. Y'all ain't talking to me. Mac and cheese doesn't have leftovers that some of us are thinking about eating after worship. Doesn't have what we had on Thursday where we are still, amen, recovering. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Yet the little boy is willing to give his lunch. Jesus does not Amen. Discount what the little boy has, but Jesus gives thanks to God for what he has. And on this Sunday after Thanksgiving, as we prepare to make our way to this season of Advent, I dare and encourage everybody who's listening to demonstrate appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving to God for what you have. Don't begrudge what you don't have. Don't bellyache and whine about what you don't have. Don't cuss and fuss about what you don't have. But I dare everybody to be grateful for what you have. I wish I had some saints in here who were music fans, Deacon McMillan of the 70s, Diamond in the back, sun rooftop, digging the scene with your gangster lean. Be thankful for what you got. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. I dare everybody just to be grateful for what you have in the present tense. And while we ought to be grateful for what we have in the present tense, let me preach this the way the Holy Spirit gives it to me. Too many of us are grumbling and focused on what we don't have instead of being grateful for what we have. Many of us haven't been thankful in 10, 20, 15 years. Have not been thankful at all. Just had food, just had fellowship, got Zoom, amen somebody, but we are so focused on what we don't have that we are not appreciative, we're not grateful, we're not thankful because we are looking and grumbling about what we don't have instead of being appreciative for what we do have. If we don't have the iPhone 12, we ain't grateful. If we don't have the newest and the latest, we ain't thankful. If our man or woman don't look like the man or woman on TV who we've been pining after, we ain't thankful. If we don't have something comparable to what they have around the corner, if our house ain't like the house the Joneses live in, we ain't grateful. If we don't have what they have we ain't thankful if we don't have more than our ex has or somebody we don't like has we ain't grateful but I dare you to stop looking around you and be appreciative for what you have be grateful for what you have and be thankful for what you have if you got two fish 
and five pieces of bread. Be thankful for what you have. Help me preach this watch chapel. What happens when we are thankful for what we have? How can we be more grateful for what we have? Because if you read this text, help me preach this. The key to the miracle is Jesus's gratitude for what he has. Then God does the miraculous when Jesus gives thanks. And maybe the miracle you've been praying for has not happened yet because we have not yet given thanks for what we have. Maybe the breakthrough you've been seeking God for has not happened yet because we are not grateful for what we have. Maybe the new job you've been applying for has not manifested yet because you ain't grateful for what you have. Maybe what you've been seeking God for, asking God for, seeking God for, knocking on the door for has not happened yet because we ain't been thankful for what we have. Notice the miracle takes place after Jesus gives thanks to God. Go on, preach P-Dub. I'm trying the best I can. What happens when we are grateful, thankful, and appreciative to God? First of all, when we are grateful, thankful, and appreciative to God, we will not overlook any blessing. When we are thankful for what we have, we will not overlook any blessing. Two fish, five pieces of bread, yet Jesus does not discount, trivialize, or minimize this little boy's lunch. Jesus is not overlooking this little boy's lunch because Jesus has an attitude of gratitude, appreciation, and thanksgiving. And when we have an attitude of appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving, we will not overlook any blessing. Preach, Pastor. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jesus didn't have this lunch two hours ago, didn't have it an hour ago, was in a crisis situation, but now Andrew has the spiritual eyesight to see a little boy. A little boy is generous enough to offer his lunch, and now Jesus does not overlook what has been offered to him. Consequently, the blessing is because he has an attitude of gratitude, he doesn't overlook any blessing. And maybe the problem, help me preach this sometimes, is not that we are not blessed, but that we are so greedy, we are so consumeristic, we are so materialistic that if we don't have what we think we deserve, if we don't have what somebody else has, if we ain't driving what somebody else is driving, if we ain't wearing purple label and got red bottoms on, we are overlooking the blessings that God has already given us. Honey, you got more shoes than you can wear all year. Brother, you got more clothes than you can wear all year. You got blessings that other folk take for granted. But the problem ain't that we ain't blessed. The problem is our attitude. We think we deserve this. We deserve that. We are entitled to this. No, honey, you better be grateful for what you have. Don't overlook the blessings that you have. You woke up this morning. 
You could put one foot in front of the other foot. You can lift your hands. You can dance to the glory of God. You got a car. The mortgage is going to be paid in December. Duke Energy is going to be paid. The preaching of the gospel still takes place. You got a laptop. You got Zoom. You got Hulu. You got Roku. You got Amazon Prime. You got blessings upon blessings. You got turkey left over. You got food for next dog on Thanksgiving. Look at how blessed you are. Yet you worried about what you don't have. Instead of thanking God for what you have, the issue is attitude of gratitude will not make me overlook or minimize what I have already. Go on, preach, pastor. Uh, when I got an attitude, when I give thanks for what I have already, I won't overlook any blessing. When I give thanks for what I have already, I will observe opportunities. I'll talk pre-dub. Look at the text. The text says, this little boy offers his lunch. Two fish, five pieces of bread. Andrew, amen, unsung hero, sees the positive possible potential of a miracle. I just said something. Jesus, amen, sees the potential and opportunity for God to do the miraculous. And Jesus is giving thanks to God because Jesus observes an opportunity. There's opportunity all around us. But sometimes if your mind ain't renewed, if your heart ain't grateful, if you're toe up from the flow up, if you need a check up from the neck up, you see obstacles but not opportunities. Sometimes it ain't what's going on, it's what you and I see. But if you are grateful, appreciative, and thankful, amen, somebody, you ain't looking at what ain't going on. You are seeing possibilities. You are seeing potential. You are seeing opportunities. Jesus sees 15,000 people who are hungry. And with these 15 to 20,000 people who are hungry, Jesus sees an opportunity for God to be glorified, for people to be fed, and for the name of God to be lifted. When you see folk who ain't coming to church, that's an opportunity for the gospel to go forward. When you see folk with a frown on their face, that's an opportunity for somebody to experience the joy of the Lord. When you see somebody without, that's the opportunity for us to do ministry in the name of Jesus Christ. When you see somebody discouraged, that's the opportunity for God to use you as an encourager. When you see somebody who's down, that's the opportunity for God to use you as a prayer warrior and intercessor. It ain't what's going on. It's can you see the opportunities that are always around us. You can complain. You can cry. You can say what ain't going on. But I dare you to see the opportunity. I dare you to see the potential. But you will only see opportunity when you are grateful for what you have. Let me close. When you give thanks for what you have already, you won't overlook what you have. You'll observe opportunities. 
but finally you will trust the outcome to Almighty God. The text says Jesus takes the two fish and five pieces of bread when he gives thanks to God and gives to God what has already been placed in his hand. I remember as a little kid, little becomes much. When you place it in the master's hand, that's good yesterday and it's true tomorrow. Little becomes much. When you place it in the master's hand, you can give God your two fish and five pieces of bread and God can feed 15,000 when you and I trust the outcome to almighty God. Can I preach this word? Do I have anybody with the testimony? who says, I gave, I'm giving my little bit to God. I gave my little intellect to God. And God gave me an earned doctoral degree. I give my 10% to God. And my bills get paid every month. I retired at the age of 59. I gave my child to God at the altar of dedication. And now the same child is doing well walking in the favor of God when you give yourself to God and trust God with the outcome somebody knows God can do the miraculous God can hit a straight lick with a crooked stick does anybody know if you leave it to God God will open doors God will make ways God will do the impossible and that test will turn into a testimony I got to go back to verse 2 because they said he was testing Philip but now the test has become a testimony honey you ain't had no testimony until you've been through a test you don't know he's a miracle worker until you need a miracle you don't know he's a way maker until your back is up against the wall you don't know he's a healer until you've been sick you don't know what God can do until you can't do for yourself anybody got a testimony that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory I got to close right now my God's a healer my God's a wave maker my God's a provider he'll turn that test into a testimony somebody say yes it will yes it will yes it will let me just holler one time like it's three services on Sunday like it's packed in watch chapel yes it will yes it will diamond in the back sunroof top digging the scene with the gangsterly be thankful for what you got somebody you're not saved you don't have a church home you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord we invite you my sister my brother to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior your Lord Only the Lord will change your mind. Only Lord, 
Only Lord can, can help you be grateful for the small stuff. You may not have red bottoms, but look at all them shoes you got, sis. You don't have the iPhone 12, but my gosh, you got the iPhone 11 that's paid off. You don't have a Tesla, but you got, you got cars that are paid off. I didn't go to Harvard or Yale. Honey, you went to a good HBCU. You went to a good state school and don't have any debt with Sally Mae. You don't have a church home, we invite you, my sister, my brother, to become a member of the Watch Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. You need a church family. Church is imperfect, but I'm grateful for the people of God. People pray for you. People check on you when they don't see you. Building community when we have not gathered since the second Sunday in March. Zoom, FaceTime. Tell me what God can't do. Watch out, but we'll see you on Wednesday night. We are still making our way through Philippians. We'll see you on next Sunday. Next Sunday, I'm kicking off a series, What I Really Want for Christmas. What I Really Want for Christmas. I'm not talking about red bottoms, PS5s, iPhone 12s. Ain't talking about the new J's. Amen. What I really want for Christmas ain't material. Amen, somebody. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us until we shall meet again. God's people sang in one loud voice. Amen. 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 Bless us, choir. We are grateful people. We thank God for that word, to be grateful for what we have. To not overlook what he's given us, to observe opportunities for him to move and to trust him.